In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As a young child, we would go visit my grandparents at their farm in rural Alabama, and it was always such this amazing oasis for me as a child. We would go and they had chickens and cats and dogs and fruit trees and cows, and my grandfather actually taught me to drive on that farm. And early in the morning, especially on really cold winter mornings, my grandmother would come into our rooms long before we all got up and she there were those old-fashioned furnaces that were built into the wall and she'd walk into the room and she'd light the match and she'd tell all of us just to be quiet for a moment just be still because the room would heat up so we'd lay there in our beds with the covers pulled up to our noses and it was just this incredible memory of her presence and I, I knew her her step on the floor. I knew the smell of her rose water perfume. And anyway, one morning she, she came in and, and I was sound asleep and she was tucking the cover up around my neck. And I think I kind of startled in my sleep. And she said, Oh honey, you know me. And I've been thinking about those words this week as I think about this gospel, you know me. Here we are, it seems a little odd here at this time in our Easter season where we actually go back before Jesus' uh, crucifixion and death and resurrection to this conversation that he's having with his disciples here at the very end of his life and he's trying to give them these last pieces, these last instructions. And in so many ways, there's this pattern of Jesus teaching and then their misunderstanding. And it's only until later that they're able to fully understand all that, um, that he's trying to say to them. And you can only imagine that their minds are spinning. Something seems really odd about this conversation. They know that the end is drawing near. They're probably afraid, they're probably worried, and they're doing what we all do. They're looking for something concrete to hold on to. Jesus, tell us exactly how we are to understand you, how we are to see you, how we are to experience you, because all they've known is flesh and blood. They've only known him in their presence. They can't imagine what it would be like to experience him in some other way. So he tells the story and he gives this beautiful image about that there's going to be dwelling places prepared for them. Now this gospel is probably familiar to a lot of us because it's read at funeral services and it's very comforting because we imagine this, this physical place almost that our loved one will go to. It was actually read at my father's funeral as well, so it holds really deep meaning to me. But today I want us to think about this a little differently. I'd like for us to think about these dwelling places not really as a, as a building project. And, you know, I was reading this gospel this week and it just brought on whole new meaning for me in a way that it really never has before. Because, and, and honestly, it, it took my breath away because we're so longing for these, these places, right? We're, we're longing for our churches and our pews. We're longing for what's familiar, the bricks and the mortar and the sights and the smells and the tastes. I mean, throughout this whole week in the Diocese of Louisiana, where I am, we've been talking about how we do this, how we come back, how we worship in person and how we worship outside or inside and in sitting 
apart from one another and not taking up a collection plate and wiping down pews and how do we do communion? All of these questions just are, just flood over us and so many times it's overwhelming. I think we've all kind of hit our own little walls at different points. And so all of the ways that we had experienced Jesus for so long, much like the disciples, seemed to have just been taken away from us. And we long for a particular way. We long for a remembrance, a reminder of all that maybe I have to tell you, I'm sure that I've taken for granted. I took for granted that I could walk into a church and sit in a pew and reach out and exchange the peace with the person sitting next to me, whereas a priest to administer communion. So where can we find comfort and community and healing? So again, I'll go back to these words. You know me. Jesus says to us, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's where he starts. He starts with that. He starts with the assurance that our hearts are not to be troubled. And secondly, you know me. You know me. It's the same as picking up the phone and talking to a friend that you've been friends with for 30 years and literally just picking up right where you left off. And it is that sense of familiarity that holds us. And as a friend of mine so beautifully described this week, she said, you know, I've always been comforted by the words the words of the Eucharistic prayer, the words of our service. And now I find myself much more comforted by the works, the things that we do. She was talking about, she's gonna be delivering her first child in about three weeks and she was having some issues and she went in to, the, to see her nurses and she was anxious. And it was through those works, it was through the kindness of these nurses that she then reclaimed the words. She reclaimed back the belief because the belief is relational. It's transactional. So as we mourn the loss of receiving, I want us to think back to another sacrament, a sacrament that, that we as Christians hold so dear, that central piece of who we are, and that's baptism. In that moment of baptism, we are marked and sealed forever. That mark of the chrism upon our foreheads is a way for us to tap back into those promises when so much else feels like it's been taken away from us. And the presence of this, the certainty of this, of this incarnational life that Jesus is pointing to with his disciples, that is where hope and grace lives. So what he's saying to them, and they can understand it in the same way that we can't understand all of this right now. He's saying, it's so much bigger than me sitting here with you. Because when I'm not here with you, when I can't be physically in this room with you, when you can't reach out and touch me, think about Thomas later, this interaction that Jesus has with him. When you cannot touch me, you can always connect back to me by remembering that you know me, you know me. So when we do this, we can remember that no matter how uncertain it may be, no matter how oh, much we may miss and mourn for the things that have lost, we've lost friends and, and loved ones in our community, it's not lost. 
those promises are secure and they're real. So maybe this week we find some new ways to be in relationship with one another. We remember back, maybe pull out our prayer books and read our baptismal covenants. Go back through that service. Know that you're marked and sealed. Know that these promises are real and be comforted by the relationships that that we can draw on and get support from in these uncertain times. So my friends, carry these words with you this day. You know me. Amen.